0: Avast me, hearties! This is Product of Newfoundland, a podcast about the strange truths and tall tales of a foggy island, Newfoundland, Canada. I'm Robert, and today I'm interested in the story of Black Bart, the infamous pirate who set his sights on a small Newfoundland fishing port and became a part of the local folklore. Picture it, Trapassy, 1720, a small seasonal fishing station on the coast of Newfoundland. It was a place where European fisher folk came to ply the waters of the Grand Banks and make some money. Days were long and hard, and while life was not full of comforts, it had a certain rhythm. There was plenty of hard work, time for rest, and even an opportunity for an occasional social outing. But mostly it was early to bed and early to rise. And it was early in the morning on June 21st, 1720... The people of Trapassi had a visitor they wouldn't soon forget. The sun had just risen and birds were singing, when in the distance there was a rumble of cannon fire. On the breeze came the sound of trumpets and drums. Under an ominous black flag emblazoned with a skull and cutlass, the sloop Fortune swept into the harbor. Blackbird, the dreaded pirate, had come to town. Blackbird wasn't just a pirate. He may have been THE pirate, and not a lovable Jack Sparrow-esque rogue. He had some seriously dark sides. He was born as John Roberts in Wales in 1682. He went to sea as a young man and became a skilled navigator. In 1719, he was second mate on a slave ship anchored off Ghana. The ship was captured by pirates. Legend has it that Roberts was reluctantly forced into piracy. But however hesitant his initiation he was soon won over to the lifestyle and quickly gained power it was somewhere around this time that he assumed the name bartholomew nobody really knows why it might have been that he thought an alias would be useful in a life of piracy in any case whatever alias he chose to go by he soon set about making sure his name would live in infamy the charismatic roberts reigned in terror on both sides of the atlantic ocean From West Africa to the Caribbean and up the North American coast, Roberts captured more ships than anyone else, as many as 400. He murdered governors, and he brought trade in the West Indies to a standstill. And he did it all with style. He was kind of a snappy dresser. Not that I would wear what he wore. Maybe, Maybe memorable dresser is a better way of putting it. His favorite battle outfit consisted of a crimson waistcoat and breeches. He accented his hat with a red feather, and he wore a gold chain, complete with a diamond cross. Tacky dresser, that's the better way to put it. He was a tacky dresser. Anyway, when it came to getting ready to fight, he carried a sword in his hand and two pairs of pistols hanging at the end of a silk sling over his shoulder. Like many pirates, Bartholomew Roberts' career was short. He was killed by the Royal Navy near Africa in 1722, three years after becoming a pirate, His cruel exploits during that time have kept his name alive for the 300 years since and earned him the posthumous nickname of Black Bart. Back to Newfoundland and Trapassi. It was the spring of 1720. Bartholomew Roberts had been making his way north from the Caribbean. He hoped to avoid the hurricane season and was well aware that the poorly defended Newfoundland coastline offered a unique opportunity to enrich his fleet. As the story goes which is a phrase I break out whenever it's hard to really pin down the truth, Robert's first port of call in Newfoundland was Ferryland. During a brief stopover, perhaps just to let the Newfoundlanders know who they were dealing with, he set fire to the largest ship in the harbor. Then from Ferryland, he went on to Trapassi. Now, 300 years ago, Trapassy was an important port in the Newfoundland migratory cod fishery. And compared to a lot of other stations on the coast, it was well provisioned. It was also relatively close to the trade routes used by the wealthy North American European merchants. It was an appealing destination for a pirate, and Roberts found it to his liking. On June 21st, Roberts' ship descended on Trapassi, and he did it like he did most things, with style. His black skull and cutlass banner flying and cannons firing, he swept into the harbor to a soundtrack from his onboard orchestra. It was an auspicious start to what would become a two-week occupation. With little resistance in the port, Robert was able to loop and pillage at his leisure. He sank some ships and set fire to others, sending the unarmed crews fleeing to shore. According to some reports, when all was said and done, Robert had destroyed as many as 26 vessels. Without a doubt, Robert's biggest coup in Trapassi was finding himself a new ship. He'd sailed into the harbor aboard the Sloop Fortune. When he got there, he found a large merchant galley. He quickly decided it was better than his own boat. He seized it, had the best of his armament moved aboard, and christened it with a name befitting its higher status, the Royal Fortune. When the time came to leave, Robert sent his men ashore for one last raid. The people, seeing them coming, fled to the woods, and the pirate crew landed unopposed. They ransacked the fishing station, taking anything of value they could find. As they left, they set fire to the fishing stages, And like a slow-motion scene from an action movie, the royal fortune swept out to sea against a backdrop of flames. Before leaving Newfoundland waters, Roberts continued attacking vessels and occasionally convincing a local sailor to join his crew, including the famed John Walden, a.k.a. Miss Nanny. Miss Nanny is a bit of a mysterious figure, and is remembered largely for that unusual nickname. The thing is, no one knows where it came from, really, or what it meant. It's been suggested that the name was intended to be derisive and that Walden was Robert's lover. Others have said the name was used ironically because Walden was sort of a thug who served as Robert's hired muscle. Not that those two ideas are incompatible. Thugs and pirates need love, too. The Looting of Trapassy is the most popular tale of Buck Bart's time in Newfoundland. But it's not the only story that's been told. For instance, for all that he supposedly stole, Roberts may have left something behind. According to an article by Alex Parsons in the Newfoundland Quarterly published over a hundred years ago now, Roberts had a romance while he was in Trapassi. He fell in love with the daughter of a planter and fathered a child. Supposedly that child stayed with its mother in Newfoundland and grew up and passed on Roberts' DNA to generations of Newfoundlanders. It's quite a claim. And I can't tell you it's not true, but my tall tale sensor is definitely tingling on that one. But the rest of the story is relatively well documented, in that Blackbark came to Newfoundland, spent some time, and stole a ship. There isn't a ton of evidence to back up the claims of mass destruction and burning. In a Newfoundland Quarterly article in 2015, Olaf Janssen points out that official reports made about the fishing business in 1720 failed to mention any losses due to Robert's. Now, that doesn't mean there weren't any, but if we really did destroy 20-plus vessels and burned a community's fishing infrastructure, it seems odd that that wasn't worth a mention. But who knows? That's the problem with pirates. With pirates, it's hard to know where the fact ends and the fiction begins. Swords and pistols weren't a pirate's only weapon. A fearsome reputation served them well. They encouraged legends of terrible exploits, because if their prey was afraid, it made their work that much easier murder, marauding, and misinformation. It's always been the pirate way. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Check out the blog Product of Newfoundland for more strange truths and tall tales from Newfoundland. And if this kind of stuff is up your alley, click like and subscribe. There's tons of stories about ghosts, sea monsters, and pirates to tell yet. And stay tuned for the next episode when I want to talk about a terrible thunder and lightning storm and what's got to be one of the world's worst bouts of hail if it actually happened. See what I did there? Left you with a bit of a cliffhanger.